Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Here's what you need. You train jiu-jitsu, you want to do your best on the mats. You might want to make it to black belt or maybe just perform at your best consistently. You need the Bulletproof for BJJ program. Sign up now for your free trial at bulletproofforbjj.com. We'll see you there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I'm JT! And I'm here with Joey! And today we're talking about intensity. <laughs> why in- why intensity is important. I'm just going to sit back and listen on this one. <laughs> so it's time to go super J- science. JJ's just going to fucking froth on the microphone for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's one of those things that it, what's interesting to me is that intensity is a contrast. It's definitely not the norm. Why do I say this? Uh, recently, on the weekend, we had the IBJJF World Championships and someone who brought a whole gang of intensity is a young gentleman by the name of Jansen Gomez and he beat two world champions in Ty Rotolo and then also, at that time, the undefeated Tynan Dalpra. And he brought the heat and he's the, he delivered Tynan his first loss. Huge. 60 matches. 60 wins. Yeah, crazy. And he just Good refused... Loser refused to get swept, refused to be taken out. Like he just- Jansen. Jansen. It it was awesome. And people saying, yo, this is like a Leandro Lowe type intensity. You just absolute mad dog. Like it was a surprise. It was an upset. But from watching those matches, I was just like, this guy wants it. You know, if someone just wants it that much more. And that's pretty hard when you're going up against someone who's considered to be the best of the era. And Tyra Tolo, who's- Known for his scramble and his intensity. Yeah, he's an intense player. And it wasn't like he wasn't trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I look at that, I reflect because I do love intensity. I like hardcore things. Tynan's not an intensity player, is he? He's a control guy. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's not working, but he's But you don't seem like, like, I I mean, I haven't watched a lot, but he's not like breathing heavy, sweating, like moving real fast. No, he always seems very controlled very and much like in control. Yeah. He will move. He'll go to an armbar. He'll do. He does the gator roll. It's yeah. pretty cool. But yeah, he doesn't matter shit. He's a very cool, calm, collective character. That. Yeah, there you go. go on. Um, but I want to talk about this relevant to jujitsu as well as working out, lifting, because kind of putting together a few pieces here. I was reading an article uh, by Jim Mensah, and Jim Mensah was like a bodybuilder back in the day who was known for doing short hard high-intensity workouts and he was moustache yeah was that mike mentor mike mentor sorry jim mentor mike mentor my apologies and he He, had the he coined a term for his style of training wasn't it was it was it intense or was it intense training or was it it some name that he gave to his style of bodybuilding but it's essentially he he came off the back of like the nautilus system which was just like max sets to fail like just yourself in one set like you know yeah why he, do five sets if when, you can just do one set one to massive set and it's all about stimulus right and so correlating what they were saying about what they would do and even dorian yates dorian yates who is a very famous bodybuilder in the 90s he was like 
one of the first guys to win, I think, five Mr. Olympias. Like, he was the first guy to do that. Brought in the era of the freak. Of just mass. Yeah. Like, the biggest. It wasn't – and don't get me wrong, he was symmetrical. He was all those things. He was lean, but he was just so big. People blown away. And he, he talked about his workouts only being about an hour long. He just get in there and just give it full intensity. More intensity. So this is where I want to speak from – not just the world of bodybuilding, but then go to a principle of Parkinson's law. We've talked about this before. The work will fill the time allowed. So if you've got two weeks to do a project, it's going to take two weeks. Or if you've got 40 minutes, you just need to get a sucker done, you'll do it. Now, there's actually not a huge discrepancy in quality between the job that took two weeks versus the job that took 40 minutes, but it just depends on the time you gave it. So I've had that experience with workouts. How about you, Joe? Have you had similar experiences at all? Yeah, 100%. I did a 90-minute workout today. I got three or four exercises done. Boom. Like slow as f- right? Because I'd come back from a few days off and, sure. I was, and, and, and I'm at the – it's the last week of the cycle, so the weights, everything's heavy now. Sure. And so, you know, I just really drawn out those rest periods. And But if you – if you said to me, hey, man, we got 30 minutes to get these four exercises done, I would have done the same shit. Yeah. And there would have been a lot of extra benefit because less rest periods, something's got to give. So there's going to be more, like, gains for me. Yes. Right? Systemically, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I, I resonate with this idea of Parkinson's law. Yeah, well, I, mate, I had a workout that usually takes me about 90 minutes or more. This is a while back. And I literally had 35 minutes. I was saying to Julian... I was like, fuck, I just got to get it done. So I didn't really rest. I, my supersets were just like, right, pull-ups, squats, pull-ups, squats. And I just did five supersets. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm really sweating. Like, oh, my God, sip of water, shit on the clock, next thing, next thing, next thing. And I didn't even really have time to think. But that workout, I, I, it did make me question, why do I take 90 minutes to do this shit? Yeah. I can do it in 35, but it requires a fair bit of mental energy to drive yourself with this intensity. And I, I was also having a conversation with someone the other day about rolling. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we do like five, 10-minute rounds. And I'm like, you're a white belt. Why are you doing 10-minute rounds? That's, I mean, sure, there's there's a benefit. Train your hard, fight easy. <laughs> I think it's just, tra- yeah, train your tired, train your crap. Uh, <laughs> People get in the habit of, oh, I've got to last. I've got to have this endurance. I've got to have this. But then if they actually get pushed or blitzed, they can't deal with it. And so whether it's in the gym generating intensity or it's on the mat, I think the majority of people don't touch their potential because they never quite they never quite push that intensity. Right. I think that's most people. And I actually think this is holding people's jujitsu back. Tell me more. Well – so Julian and I were talking about it just before. He was like, oh, let's talk about like conditioning and things like this. There was this old thinking that, oh, you've got to build your you – also, Joe, you had mentioned recently a gentleman's like, oh, I want to get fit for an event in 15 months. Yeah. It's like a long lead time, right? Yeah. And the old thinking was, right, you've got to build an aerobic base for like 12 months. And once you've got your aerobic base, then you do your – shorter interval work and then once you've built that then you do your lactic threshold and your lactate training and all this shit right this is the old thinking then there was a paper released probably only about 10 years ago that went we took untrained people and we trained them in sprinting and so they were trying to get them good at 100 meters and they had them doing 10 by 100 meters then 
at the end of the study, they got them to run a kilometre or jog a kilometre and the kilometre didn't touch them. Like they did, they did their sprint training. They gradually got better at the sprint training. But what they built from the sprint training was a certain amount of, uh, I guess, like muscle recruitment. So they actually got more efficient with their running, even though obviously sprinting is different to jogging. And, but when they were asked to run the one kilometre, it was very easy for them. Mm. And what they're saying is exposing yourself to greater intensity actually enables you to be able to deal with lower intensity things. Yep. But just training at lower intensity for extended period of times doesn't allow you to – you know, it doesn't kind of work the same way in reverse necessarily. Can you define intensity in the context of this discussion? So it, what I was going to say here is uh, work output. So when we're talking about jiu-jitsu yeah. and, and, and lifting Going weights, hard. yeah, how much weight can you lift in a given time? So uh, powerlifters and, and, and lifters in general can measure their workout in terms of tonnage. So you can times all the reps, times all the weight, and work out your tonnage for a movement. Yeah. So if you squatted 100 kilos, five sets of 10, we're doing 500, what is that, 500 reps? 50 times 50 100. 50 reps. 50 times 100. That's 5 million kilograms. 5 million. <laughs> Public math, people. <laughs> so you can, you, you can actually know how you've improved your workout total volume through tonnage. Right. Now. That's how you're kind of defining intensity. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's w- work output, yeah. essentially. It doesn't have to be that. It's hard to do that for jiu-jitsu, right? Yeah. But you know that, for example, if you go to a comp class and you're doing X minutes of hard rolls, that's really tough. But you know if you just go into – you know, intermediate class and you do some drills and maybe there's 10 minutes or 15 minutes rolling at the end, that's not very intense, is it? No. So I, I, what I want to say here is this. I believe that some people are taking this idea of, oh, I've just got to last. I don't want to look bad. I don't want to get tired. I don't want to fuck out. And what that means is they're putting in 60% effort across the whole session just so they don't look bad. Mm-hmm. And this is actually holding back their development. Whereas if they were to go, they don't have to go 100%, but in rolling rounds, were to go 80, 90% and push and maybe gas, that actually they would get better at doing that. And ultimately, that's the energy system they need to use because if they were going to compete or have hard rolls, that's what they'd have to do. Right. So I believe that people are actually training the wrong energy system. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, sure. You can do aerobic training. But also the other thing Julie and I were talking about is sometimes the coach will be like, oh, you get one minute rest. But that's not what happens in a tournament. You might have a five, six, seven minute match. They will give you the kind of approximate amount of time to rest. Yeah. And you often get longer. If it's a big division, you might be resting 45 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing about that is it means you can't keep up your intensity. You know, you you probably would have found it like um, CrossFit workouts – uh, are very focused on a certain level of fatigue. Yeah. So, you know, every round it's going to get harder and harder because you've got this body of work and then a pretty short rest. Yeah. Body of work or it's just – Or it's no rest. Just no rest. Go, you yeah. just keep going and going and going. I believe that, one, people are structuring their workouts kind of incorrectly, whether it be jiu-jitsu or gym. And I think for jiu-jitsu we need like a little bit more rest time in between so we can have a harder round every round and i actually think in the gym people need to cap their time stick to their rest like measure the timing because a lot of people don't do that they don't time their um their rest breaks yeah and i think the accountability of that's really good so 
there's kind of two, two bits of thinking here. In the gym lifting the weights, cap your workout and get it done. When you're doing jiu-jitsu, and this is hard to control because obviously it might be up to your coach, training partners, um, giving a little bit more rest between your actual um, rolling rounds and going harder in your rolling rounds. That's what I'm going to say for upping intensity. Right. And you're going to say that it, that is the case sort of always? No, I'm going to say this is the solution for kind of breaking the back of a plateau. Right. Because I think there's a lot of people out there who are like, oh, I don't seem to be getting fitter. I better go cycling. No. Yeah. Counterpoint. What about the person that just does circuit-style training all the time? What about the person that goes to F45? And it's like, no, rest periods, guys. We're just banging it out. There, there is a Should point they be doing there pushing a, intensity? There is a point at which it diminishes. And also F45, F45 is crap. So don't do that. Um, no, there is a point, like I think it's for any kind of very high-intensity stuff, once you hit about eight weeks, nine weeks, it, doesn't, it kind of doesn't get better. So you've got to kind of build up, go really hard, and then you need a – you know, something, uh, uh, a bit of a, not a rest break, but a back of intensity to be able to then go up again. Yeah. So in terms of what is missing in the jiu-jitsu space or what some people might be missing if they're plateauing is they're taking too long and then maybe not bringing out that intensity because the difficulty for most people is the most intense thing people have in their life is jiu-jitsu. And so even just dealing with it is like, oh, this is really full on. In truth, that's just the beginning. <laughs> just dealing with what jiu-jitsu is is something. Now, even though you are a laid-back kind of guy, Joe, in your day-to-day life. Perish the thought. This is the perception. Mm. Rolling, Don't call me Joey Tenacity Worthington for nothing. Roll, rolling you is not a relaxed experience. Depends. <laughs> <laughs> he says in his James Gandolfini type. <laughs> Depends. You gonna yeah. push me? You gonna yeah. push me, yeah? Most people I know... Who roll you? You're like rolling Joey's not a lot of fun. That's that's hard work right there. That's a bit of smoke right there. There is a degree of intensity to you. Oh um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You you like to undersell it, but it's there. Oh well, yeah. We're all trying to win, right? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, I t- I mean, so here's the deal with me. I know that I can't go like I can't go hard for six rounds straight, right? I can't roll you six rounds Every straight and. Round. You know, sure. It's like so. If, if I know, okay, we're doing around. I'm like, oh shit, better turn on a little bit. JT is going to push it. Yep. You know, if I don't, he's going to get the upper hand, and then he's going to talk about it on the podcast <laughs> until the end of fucking time. And but then somehow I'm the one who always goes hard. <laughs> it's a dosage where I'm like, all right, cool, output there, and then I'm like, white belt, you over here, <laughs> next round. You know, sure. Um, and so I think that you know that is something that comes about as the more you train, right, where you. You kind of know what you've got to deal with. Sure. So then you play accordingly. Yes. So talking on the idea of intensity, the gym that I came up at up to Brown Belt, like intensity was like vilified. You know, it was like going hard was like bad. What? Because it wasn't technical. It was all like it was all really? like I thought your just, gym was pretty intense coming up. Nah, like like we we were, like we we did roll hard and stuff, but it wasn't it wasn't ever a quality that was openly discussed or encouraged oh really that yeah. surprises me whereas adam was the first coach to be like brah like can turn it on like sometimes you gotta you know and he was the oh. f- and i've seen him coach others to be like what you're doing is really good now i just need you to go harder mm. you know when you get you know whatever when you got the the over under and you kind of can pass that mother 
actor, like yeah. put the pressure. And I was like, oh, wow, like actually intensity as a quality or like effort mm. in, a, in, a, in a short space of time really has a place in it. And of course it does, right? Yeah. And you see that. Like you see, I, I think that that's something that the more modern style of jiu-jitsu has brought to the forefront is that like intensity goes a long way, mm. i.e. Jansen Gomez. Sure. Right? Like I, I, didn't, I didn't watch his matches, but I saw some highlights and he just scrambles like a mother. Yeah. Right? And so going back, for me, yes, I, I dose it. For people who really want to be good at jiu-jitsu, I think that it's hugely important. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if I'm looking at like the strength training piece, I'm kind of thinking you sort of want to see where you, what side you lean to and then you're trying to build a bit of the other. So if I'm looking at people that just do circuits all the time, it's all about intensity. Sure. I'm like, hey, why don't you do some heavy shit and take long rest periods? Yeah. Like that's going to be really good for you because all you know is no rest, go hard. Sure. Right? But for the people who just go heavy and slow and long rest periods, I'm like, why don't you try doing some circuits sometimes? Yeah, yeah. A bit of contrast. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And and look, I think there's there is a value to both – but if I step back and I look at the way people behave as a, as a whole, I'm generalizing here, the majority of people would lean towards less intense. You know, it's the exceptions of, you know, like a lot of people, whoa, that guy's a bit fucking intense. But that's why I like to hang out with intense people. That's why I like powerlifting. That's why I like strongman. That's why I like, you know, kind of rock climb bouldering. Because these people are doing crazy shit. You're like, wow, that requires a level of commitment that is not touched by many. Mm. And, uh, you know, Fred I Glassman had a quote along those lines, found a CrossFit, not particularly, yeah, I, I'm a bit of a fan actually, but not a huge CrossFit fan, but he, um, he said something about uh, anaerobic athletes. Was it anaerobic athletes? He's basically saying that the athletes that are capable of going the hardest are those that compete in, you know, the 100 metres, the 400s. And he's yeah. like, those are the athletes that, if you tell them to put their head in a bucket of water, they will drown themselves. Like yeah. they, they, they will do really uncomfortable shit because that's, that's what we've got to do right now. Yeah. And, and I think it's kind of touching on a similar thing in terms of like you need, you need a bit of that fire. You need to be able to, to, to throw that in will at the yourself. right time. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it's not taught because as our society, we're taught, yo, everyone's got to fit in. Everyone's got to be cool with each other and all this kind of thing. But actually, as far as jiu-jitsu goes, if you look at the people who do the best, they don't give a f- about that. Craig Jones doesn't give a f- about that. He doesn't care what you think of him, actually. He's oh. a f***ing mean, mean f- of a human to roll. I mean, maybe to roll, but he cares about what you think of him. No, 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 but I'm saying that like, if you Social roll media. him, he's like, as long as, he o- as long as he owned you, well, like it's all highlights of him owning people. Very rare you see highlights of Craig Jones getting done up. No, never. You don't see that footage. It happens from time to time, though. He does get beat from time to time. I refuse to believe you it. You will never see it. Same thing, Marcelo Garcia. Everybody's like, yo, Marcelo is such a nice guy. I've met the guys who were the purple belts when he was a black belt. I used to bash them. And they're like, dude, that guy has 150% intensity. Like, you don't want to roll Marcelo. He'll fuck you up. You know, and they're all like very well established. And they love him. They admire him. But they're like, dude, that's not a fun role. You know what I mean? Like, I think we do one thing. We're like, this is socially acceptable. This is what we need. If you have a look at the people who succeed in life, they are not playing by the rules. They're not, they're not just like, oh, I'll do what everyone else does. They're going way beyond it. They're doing that in business. They're doing that in sport. They're going 
far and beyond what people expect is the normal level. And I'm going to say the normal level right now is fucking dumbed down. The normal level right now is fucking vanilla and mild. And it's some bullshit. Keep going, JT. Oh, I'm on a roll now. But no, I'm not saying vanilla. Yeah, vanilla. Actually, Chocolate. I don't mind a bit of vanilla, a bit of sauce, peanuts. When we talk about lactic threshold, people who... What's lactic threshold? So... When you try to produce... Phil uh, Daru, please tell me. <laughs> Shout out, Phil. So you're going to get 10 sets. Yeah. Um, no. You're going to work that a-lactic system. <laughs> Basically, the burn you feel in your muscles <clears throat> or when your forearms pump out, you're trying to produce force when there's no oxygen. And lactate is a kind of byproduct of that. Now, your body will then get some oxygen in there, convert it back to pyruvate, and then ultimately turn it back into energy you can use ATP. But when you get that feeling, it feels terrible. Yeah, you're done. If you get enough of it, you start to feel unwell because your body's like, what do we do with all this lactate? You know, oh, acidity. We can't function. Now, the great thing about exposing your body to the shit, you will develop enzymes to deal with it. And you'll also develop processes for passing on the nitrogen waste and f***ing it all off so you can actually function. And, And people who expose themselves to it regularly can function. It's not that they don't feel it. They're feeling it, but they're just not dying they're not just giving up whereas if you've never felt it you hit that and you're like yeah it's sickening yeah it's a grotesque feeling to will yourself into that feeling over and over again is is pretty brutal yeah and most of those people are pretty masochistic so if you think about a guy like dave goggins he is a masochist a hundred percent if he's not suffering he's not happy yeah like his happiness is his reward centers and suffering are like strongly interlinked yeah if he's not doing it till he's can collapse in a pile he, you know he's not interested and i think anyone who who wants to get better at anything is willing to eat a certain amount of pain or discomfort whatever that looks like for for me that pain and discomfort looks like email you know what i mean usually sent by yours truly <laughs> but if you said to Hello, me james <laughs> hope this afternoon is treating you well <laughs> i hope it finds you well <laughs> please a small piece of feedback <laughs> But if you said, all right, here's a 300 kilo yoke, you have to carry this as far as you can until your back breaks. I'm like, ooh, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Where someone else is like, why the f*** are you going to do that? Like I don't, I don't get the reward from certain things. I do get the reward from other things. And certain things do uh, speak to me from an intensity perspective. But what I want to do now is – So which one of those is truly the adversity then, James? If we were is leaning, it the yoke or is it the email? It is the email, but man, you just it. cannot post that Seek shit adversity. on Instagram. <laughs> Here you'll see my uh, fully uh, completed spreadsheet. Yeah. You'll see that Joey has approved all the copy for the ads. Eyes are dotted and the T's are crossed. <gasps> that. So let's talk about quality because I believe there's something to that as well. Because going hard without maintaining quality is problematic because you're going to get crappy reps. And this is something else. This is jits or lifting. Yeah, 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 we all know it. Because there is a big part of jiu-jitsu, which is just keep going, train when you're tired. It makes you efficient because you don't have strength. Therefore, your technique will be better. No. Technique will shine. It will be shit. You'll do a million shit reps, and you'll be basically low-key ptsd from getting smashed on the whole time. I believe there's a big mistake in people just – being exhausted and just keep going, keep going, keep going and practicing crappy technique. So you want me to go hard or not? No, I do want you to go hard, Joey, but I'm just saying that I feel that we want people to have quality. It's conditional. 
You're like, well, there's got to be quality, right? Yeah. If if your form is breaking down, then no, okay, you do need to go a bit lighter. So you might like what take a rest round or something. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you! I knew it. I knew it was. I knew it was, was going to ready for that shit. one. Yeah, I was like, block, block, <laughs> block, block. <laughs> nah, cough. Uh, but you have to obviously have the conditioning to be able to keep up the hard work. If you don't, you won't. So relating this to the gym, a lot of people want to go ultra heavy and their reps are pretty grindy and a bit shitty. Yeah. I have been conditioned by many coaches to go, no, you're just practicing poor technique. Yeah. Like you're teaching your body to take load in dangerous areas. Like it can really result in injury. Relating that back to jujitsu, I've seen a lot of people roll for hours and hours, but it looks like garbage. Like after the first kind of five rounds, people are like super sloppy and there's not a lot of skill going on there. It's just kind of survival mode. Yep. And I think that there's a problem there. I think we actually need to cap it. We need to say, right, I'm going to do three hard rounds or five hard rounds, I'm going to stop. But because we're kind of uh, not victim, but we're part of a class, it's a little bit outside our control. Yeah. And so you've got to just go with that. And there's, of course, benefit to, to doing that sometimes, isn't there? Yeah. Like just get – like surviving and getting – It's like, yeah, that's a great thing. You're learning something there. But if that's the norm, then, yeah, there's not a lot of gain and you're probably leaving a lot on the table. So what I'm saying here is if we can increase our intensity, which basically means increase our output of effort and shorten up the amount of time we do it in, there is – huge benefits to this and this has been shown across many sports many physical endeavors as much as there's some things we admire like marathon running and just ultra endurance stuff where you're like whoa that's a lot of hurt for a long time to be truly great at it you have to have obviously exemplary technique for most people when you watch average people run like mark bell who's not an average person, incredible, interesting person, powerlifter. He ran, uh, I think, Boston Marathon recently. Saw that. It looks terrible. Right. It looks terrible. He's just keep going. At the end of it? Or are you saying the whole thing? The whole thing. He just, I've seen he some just, of his, some of his running technique. It's decent. Ah, but, I mean, the marathon, he's just getting by. And he says that. He's, yeah. he's not doing it to be a great runner. He's doing it for – he's doing cross it Cross that finish line. Cross that finish line. And yeah. he, he's seen the suffering of other people and he's doing it in the name of their cause and stuff like that, you know? So it's not that it's not a noble cause, but yeah, it's pretty poor technique. So just, you know, you just said there, like, we want to keep the quality high. Yes. And shorten the space of time we do it with him. Yes, sir. For a relatively inexperienced white belt who's like just surviving in training, they're probably hearing that like, that's a bit unreasonable for me. Like I'm really just get, I can only just get by. What's your suggestion to them? Like how do you, how do they, how do they make that a, how do they control a it? thing? Yeah. I think a really good thing that most people in jiu-jitsu don't do is separating skill from fitness. So what I'm saying here is trying to get some time during the week, whether it's private lesson or you drilling or whatever, where you just work on the skill and it's not under duress, under just getting completely. Yeah. Really make sure that you've worked one particular skill very well then it is worthwhile for you to then go and do as much hard work as you can in a short amount of time. Like as opposed to taking a rest round, Joe, this is what I would say, do three hard rounds and stop. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And now obviously it would look – Or if, if three hard rounds is not – like if you don't have the fitness for that, maybe no. it's one hard round, one easy round, one hard round. Uh, but potentially I, I'm going to go further to say that like 
a lot of what we do, we talk about not caring what other people think, but we, we know the coach is watching us, right? Yeah. So if you sit out around, coach is like, well, why are you sitting out around? What's wrong with you? Keep yeah. going. But when I train judo, just Keep going. Yeah, perfect. Um, state team training, you do one round on, one round off. So you could keep your intensity up. Yeah. I'd actually say it would be better to have no round than like rest rounds, you know, like rolling per se. Is that, you're like, is that you just can't just call rest? it something else, but it's still a rest round. You can, I think you can, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm taking a no round. <laughs> well, like I'm, I, this is not what I would do. <laughs> this is not what I would do. What can we say? You're saying a white belt who can't do more than one round? Yeah. No, who can't do three hard rounds back. Like that's a big ask. 15 minutes of hard training for someone who's coming in, you know, without a, a, a big athletic base, that's going to that's gonna come up. Oh, I don't have advice for these people. No, I don't know. I actually wow. say. You don't have 15 minutes in you? You, don't, you can't Dude, fight half have 15 you minutes? have been to a jiu-jitsu class? There's plenty of people that don't have 15 minutes in them. Okay. Particularly beginners. What would, what would be your advice, Joe? Well, my advice would be, yeah, you, if, it's, if it's like three rounds, like typical class, one hour, you got three rounds at the end. Yep. Yeah, you don't want to not do one of those rounds, of course. It's, it's too valuable a thing to not do. But I would say be strategic about it and maybe do two hard ones and like one easier one. And the easier one is like, may, like maybe, maybe you are at the very bottom of the heap and they're all hard. Yeah, but that's and the thing. So, sometimes and that's, you don't have a choice. That's right? right. And if that's what it is, it's what it is. You will get fitter over time and this won't always be the case. There's always going to be a new trial person that you'll be able to put it on, hopefully. <laughs> Fresh meat. But, um, but yeah, that, that would be my advice. It'd be like try and get a low-intensity round in the middle there so that you can be more deliberate in the, you know, rounds one and three. And then over time, try to get to a point where, okay, now I can turn it on. Or maybe it's the third round's light, whatever. Sure. I'm going to put some clarity on this right now, real quick. Rest rounds is a mindset. So if you, and this is because I, I was in the room, I didn't choose the training, right? The training's not always up to you. And the training partner's not always up to you. Sometimes coach puts you with someone that you just cannot, there's no way you're going to win that round. But it's kind of like a mental fortitude, like, I gotta, I gotta do whatever I can against this person, right? They're bigger than me, they're stronger than me, they're more technical than me. I've got to just give it everything I got, right? When I was at the uh, judo state team training, I was like, oh, why are we standing around? Because they, it was such a big mat, they would have half on, half off, and they just alternate. It's a lot of people there, but what I found was the training was more intense because you knew you had a full like kind the of expectation was. You get an arrest so you can go hard. You go as hard as you can. So the, the intensity was pretty brutal, actually. But they do, they, it wasn't like, oh, it was super scientific. They did it for like 10 rounds. It went for fucking ever. But what I found was I was so much more beat up off that than just, you know, five-minute roll, one-minute break. Five-minute roll, one-minute break. Yeah. Because the rounds were so hard. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. In terms of a rest round, and they used to say this about Bernardo Faria – he would always try to pick the hardest person on the mat. Even when he was exhausted and even when he gets smashed, he would always like call to the, the bigger, better, whoever. And, and he, was, he didn't care about losing. He just cared about like having the, the mental fortitude to try to do a hard thing. That's what I'm talking about with restaurants. Still unclear, but yeah, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was quite explicit. Yeah. Let me just clarify this for you. <laughs> <laughs> But no, no, it makes, it makes sense. Like the, the, it's kind of like if you're looking at workouts, if I say to you, 
hey, man, I want you just to start doing burpees and just keep going until you can't do any more. Right. You're probably not going to be able to go any longer than like five minutes. Probably less. Or not even that. Like, yeah, all right, you're going to get a few minutes in, you're going to die. Whereas if I say to you, hey, I want you to do 15 burpees and then I want you to take a one-minute rest and I want you to go as long as you can. Right. You will probably complete in total more. Six times more burpees, yeah. right? And so it's like, a yeah, that strategic use of rest allows a greater output for sure. Yeah. Now, sometimes in a jiu-jitsu class environment, you've you got to look at this, I think, for the listener in ter- or the viewer in terms of what your capacity is. Sure. And I, I do think there's going to be some people like really low base of fitness, maybe like one minute rest between, maybe you are better taking a full rest round mm. for round two so that you can actually be half mindful and actually have some physical like capacity. some yeah, capacity for rounds one and three to develop your base of fitness. But the expectation is that once you have a little base of fitness, you should be able to then attenuate your effort yes. or adjust your effort in order to get through all three rounds. Attenuate. You like nice. that? I do like that. That's a great word. It is difficult. I feel the hardest thing is your instructor is controlling the class. Yeah. What you can control is the intensity you bring to it. Yeah. Same deal. In the gym, you might be limited in, on equipment or you're training at home, you might be limited on equipment, but what you have under your control is the intensity you bring to it. And if we look at the people who are most successful, they have an ability to tap into a certain intensity. It's a gear. That is practiced. If you have never practiced it, you will never have it. That's what I'm talking about. If we can get people into the habit or the practice of touching or tapping into an intensity serves them well stay intense